You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update Podcast. When a budget speech is delivered, it's not often that you get reflections uh, from within uh, the National Treasury that put together the budget. And we are fortunate enough to have uh, one such reflection. I'm joined on the line now by uh, the leader of the National Treasury team, as quoted by the minister. That is the Director General uh, at National Treasury, Dr. Duncan Peterson, to reflect on the budget and some of the pronouncements that were made there. Dr. Peterson, thanks so much for the time. Uh, I suppose the starting point for for our conversation is to reflect on some of the numbers that were that mentioned by the minister. There were obviously uh, a lot of different um, considerations that went into uh, arriving at the budget and the allocations and everything around that. Um, what wasn't mentioned uh, in, in, in any grave detail was uh, a plan around public finance. And I guess let's start there. Uh, we've heard time and time again that we need to be managing uh, the fiscus responsibly. We need to be um, allocating expenditure responsibly and those sorts of things and we know that the public sector wage bill is such uh, a challenge that we've all had to endure and especially you and your team uh, with it sitting over 780 billion uh, rand it's it's quite a significant portion uh, but we haven't we didn't get any sense of uh, a plan around anchoring public finance um, from the minister uh, c- can you shed some light around that and p- perhaps what uh, has been outlined or what has been planned from a treasury perspective Yes, uh, thank you for the question. So the way we think about how to uh, anchor the public finances and how to create a sustainable path for the fiscal framework is through the the main fiscal metrics that we use over time to understand whether the sustainability of the fiscal framework is improving and deteriorating. And there are a couple of key metrics that I think one has to keep in mind in this regard. The first metric is that you cannot stabilize debt to GDP unless you have a primary balance that contributes towards a stabilization in debt to GDP over time. So what does that mean? That means that the difference between revenue and non-interest expenditure needs to be positive. Revenue needs to be greater than non-interest expenditure. And that is the case this year for the first time in over 10 years where we have a primary budget surplus in 23-24. Now that primary budget surplus will grow over the next few years. And because it is growing, it allows us to stabilize debt to GDP and for it to peak in um, 25, 26 at 75.3%. So uh, when we think about the sustainability and the anchoring of public finances, that is really uh, how we think about it. A, a growing primary surplus that allows us to stabilize uh, the debt to GDP ratio so that it peaks and then it starts um, uh, coming down. In addition to that, we also have a gross borrowing requirement that is also declining. Um, And I think that gives us an opportunity to bring down debt service costs, which is decreasing by about 30 billion over the MTF, also contributing to a more sustainable fiscal picture. Dr. Peterson, I had a conversation with the commissioner at SARS, uh, Edward Kisveta, around the state of the economy, particularly where it relates to growth. And I suppose this comes in with what you've just mentioned around um, the 
the, the overall surplus uh, continuing to look better and better over time. And to that, I mean, we had growth forecasts that were mentioned in the in the budget speech of around 1.6% uh, averaging over the next three years. Uh, now, we haven't really got an indication of how we intend to get to that number, given that the last year, uh, real GDP was forecast to have uh, been 0.6%. And obviously, the, the question then becomes, is the plan for growth that's been outlined or the expectations that have been modeled out, how realistic are those expectations if we haven't got a plan for growth and for economic stimulus? We didn't hear a plan in this speech. We didn't hear a plan in the State of the Nation address. And yes, uh, part of Treasury's responsibility is the disbursement of funds, not necessarily the drafting of these plans. But I'd imagine that any department or any organization that would want to stimulate growth that would ask for a budget from you as National Treasury would have presented a plan to you. Those plans weren't shared. Look, I I don't think one should underestimate the importance of a sustainable fiscal path in supporting economic growth. If your finances are not sustainable, that is reflected in your risk premium and therefore in your cost of borrowing, and therefore uh, in the ability of the economy to access uh, capital at a cost that allows the economy to grow. So our starting point always to get a growing economy is a sustainable fiscal path, which we believe is what we have put forward today. However, when you operate in an economy like ours, Um, where there are several binding constraints to growth, most notably in energy and logistics, a sustainable fiscal path is not enough to catalyze development, which is why um, there are additional areas that we focus on in this budget. The one is we make sure that there is a above inflation increase in our capital budgets over time. So our capital budgets are growing at 7.3% over time. Secondly, we are introducing various infrastructure-related reforms to improve the delivery of infrastructure, as well as the financing thereof, um, including through, amongst other things, our reforms to the public-private partnership framework, the Triple P framework, that will allow us to create a more robust pipeline of infrastructure projects. And then in addition to that, there are the various um, structural reforms that the government continues to focus on in order to get us to a higher growth path. Because as I said before, um, um, uh, a a sustainable fiscal path is not enough uh, to support higher growth. And those are discussed in detail in the budget documentation and were referenced in the minister's speech And those include the reforms in the freight logistics space, in ports, in the energy sector, on the generation side, uh, where the private sector is being brought in to assist with the energy deficit uh, and so on. So it's the combination of these things, infrastructure reform, a focus on structural reforms that are going to deal with the binding constraints and a sustainable fiscal path so that your growth is not undermined by uh, uh, any fiscal risks over time. Dr. Peterson, I want to draw your attention to uh, two um, pronouncements within the speech, uh, the first being the 
2.9 billion rand that the government is using from the criminal asset recovery account to combat illegal mining and other priority crimes. Uh, of that, uh, that 2.9 billion rand that's been drawn down from that account, um, we have very little information about this account, about what is in the account. Um, can you shed some light about how much sits in the account, who administers the account, whose responsibility it is to have oversight over such an account? Yeah, look, the, the, the criminal asset uh, recovery account is a, is, a, is a very unique arrangement. And effectively, what this arrangement is, is that uh, proceeds from um, the recovery of uh, funds uh, that were illicitly obtained uh, by criminal activity gets deposited into a special account. And this account is the account that um, houses these receipts. And there is a process by which um, the amounts that have ended up in this account are then distributed. In most cases, the um, uh, amounts that are distributed from the account um, go to uh, the criminal justice uh, uh, cluster more broadly to deal with um, uh, the issues that have contributed to the criminal activity that then the proceeds of which, the recovered proceeds of which then end up in the account. So um, in this instance, the biggest amount out of this account um, that was made available, 1.7 billion, was made available to the South African Police Service for the deployment of police, including the procurement of vehicles, helicopters and other issues to deal mainly with illicit mining, but also with other priorities. And this, I think the minister mentioned in his speech. But there are also other parts of government that have benefited from proceeds from CARA, including the South African Defence Force, the Department of Home Affairs, the Border Management Agency and so on. But the bulk of those funds uh, went to the South African Police Service. Mm. Dr. Peterson, can you share how much sits in the account following the uh, 2.9 that's set to be removed from the account? Yeah, look, I won't be able to give you the balance of this account mainly because as and when pr- proceeds are recovered, they are paid into this account. So the balance in this account actually changes very often. What happens, though, is that every year there is a process by which Bids are made for departments, in particular in the security cluster, to um, bid for amounts in this account. There is a committee that sits that then makes a decision about um, how these amounts are allocated. But it's very difficult for me to give you uh, the actual amount, just given the fact that it's uh, subject to change depending on whenever there are criminal proceeds that are paid over into this account. Fair enough. Uh, Dr. Peterson, as we conclude, uh, 628 million rand has been allocated towards the efforts of implementing what the Financial Action Task Force has set out for us to do. Is that enough? Because this is not a small problem to be taken lightly, and we do need to get off that grey list. Do you feel that 628 million is enough of an allocation? Yeah, look, the, the 628 million should not be seen in isolation of the additional amounts we have made available for the criminal justice sector. So yes, there are um, uh, amounts that are specifically related to FATA, and those amounts um, 
have been uh, allocated to the Department of Justice and Constitutional Development for the implementation of those recommendations. But of course, you can imagine that the total amount that we allocate to peace and security cluster of 765 billion over the MTF, the additional amounts that we've made available for police, including to uh, service the wage agreement, but also to train new police recruits, all of those amounts um, would support our efforts against um, against grey listing. Um, and of course, as you can appreciate, um, this is also not only about the amounts that are allocated in the fiscal framework, but it's also about the functioning of the security cluster as a whole and its ability to use those resources effectively in order to give effect to the various um, uh, FATF requirements in order for us to overcome grey listing. We hope to overcome it and we thank you for your time, uh, Dr. Duncan Peterson, who is Director General at National Treasury, joining me to reflect on this afternoon's budget speech. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update podcast, uploaded weekdays at 7 p.m. For more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.